0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Congress, most of it anyway, returns to Washington with a long agenda. At the top of the list is what will be in a fourth stimulus bill, if there is one. With everything from marijuana banking to pension plans stuffed into the House's Heroes Act, that's not the way things are likely to look. For more on the agenda, Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. Lauren, so just brief us. House and Senate are back. Are all the members in, though, or is it some still teleworking, even though there's officially a session?
0: So the House is holding votes this week. The Senate is not. They'll be back next week after, I think, a run of three weeks in session. Uh, But one thing we will see that's different this week is the House is using its proxy voting for the first time. This was a provision they adopted when they came back to pass the HEROES Act that allows members to sign letters saying, I'm not coming in to vote, but this other member can cast a vote on my behalf and members can collect up to 10 of these proxies for their colleagues, come to the floor and cast votes on their behalf when the house picks up legislation this week. So it will be interesting to see that in practice, something that was very controversial when it was adopted. And we'll have to see exactly how many people take them up on that, but a little bit different, but a return to normalcy, trying to get back to voting on a number of bills, not all of which have to do with the
1: coronavirus. And there are lots of provisions banding about for the Veterans Affairs Department.
0: Right. It's it's a tradition in the House to take up veterans-related legislation around Memorial Day. They're keeping that up this year. One is a cost of living adjustment for veterans' provisions. They do this every year, even though it has a cost. CBO just assumes it's going to happen. It's a, it's a regular thing, and this would boost the benefits by the same amount as Social Security benefits if there is indeed one that hasn't been announced. There's also a provision that would allow some of the BA health officials to get a higher salary than they currently can, lifting the cap for them. Um, CBO said that would affect about seven people, but it's still a bill that right now with health officials under pressure, it's, it's a very timely bill as well to make sure that um, those officials at the VA are getting um, the salary that the government thinks they should. Um, So those are some of the VA bills that are coming up this week. And obviously, they're looking longer term to funding for the VA for the rest of the year as part of the spending process that is still kind of happening very much in the
1: background at this point. And Bloomberg government is reporting that when the Senate returns, it may look at whether spending caps should apply to certain VA accounts. Right.
0: Yeah, This has been something we've been looking into. Um, there's real pressure on the budget for this year. There's a small increase from fiscal 2020 to fiscal 2021 under that spending cap deal reached last year. And with all the additional spending that's going to be needed for the coronavirus, there's interest in finding ways to spend more and stay under those caps. So one of the ideas that has been discussed in the Senate is maybe exempting more VA health accounts from the caps, designating it as an emergency. If you did that, then that would take pressure off the other accounts that need to fit in under that spending cap. So that's an idea that seems to be gaining traction. There was a meeting last week with Richard Shelby, the Senate Appropriations Chairman and the President. It seemed to be very positive based on Richard Shelby's report about what to do about spending this year. So even though we haven't seen any markups or any bill texts come out for appropriations, we do know there's action behind the scenes trying to get that process underway in a year where that was already tough with elections and, and other recesses that need to be taken. So um, that, that's something that we're watching very closely to see how soon they start
1: moving on those bills. Washington Arithmetic. We're speaking with Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And also in that House bill, there were lots of telework provisions for federal employees. Is the Senate likely to look at those also? That is to say, pick parts of the heroes out. Heroes Act out the likes and leave the rest behind.
0: We'll have to see. The Senate, Republicans in particular, have been slow to pull together another package here. They said that they wanted to see how the $2.2 trillion CARES Act and the follow-on were being applied, how the money was getting through the economy, and what to do next. Um, The Heroes Act had a lot of provisions in it. Some of them were brand new to the coronavirus, and you mentioned at the the start that there were things in there like marijuana banking and a pension bill that had been around for a while, even perhaps gotten through the House before, but were then pulled into this package. What I think we'll see happen is when they sit down and start negotiating, some of these things will be jettisoned right away from the House bill because they just aren't on the same playing field as where the Republicans want to be. Um, what's interesting with the telework provision is at the beginning of the coronavirus crisis in March, there was a bipartisan bill in the Senate with Chris Van Hollen, a Maryland Democrat, James Lankford, an Oklahoma Republican, and Kirsten Sinema, an Arizona Democrat, trying to get the government to be more open in its telework policies, especially then that there was a lot of uncertainty what was happening. So there has been bipartisan support before for, a more open telework policy, whether that makes its way into another coronavirus bill or as part of the NDAA process, where often government-wide employee provisions um, come up, we'll have to see. Um, Obviously, we're in a different place with reopening than we were back in March, where more people want to see more things open. The federal government is one of those things that's beginning to open. And obviously, there's employees around the country that there might be a different situation out in um, parts of the country than there are here in the DMV area where we still have a sure. high rate of transmission. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens there.
1: And finally, what about getting that IG, the Inspector General for Pandemic Oversight? I think it's a Brian Miller is the nominee. And so that's really not full strength yet until there's someone in place to run that program.
0: That's right. And he's one of the nominations that Mitch McConnell, the majority leader, teed up for their comeback week um, next week in the first week of june um he's one of the four or five nominees that's in that list so depending on how long it takes to process those votes file for cloture get cloture and then um uh obviously move on to the actual vote he could be confirmed sometime next week he got through one of the committees and then the other one um actually government affairs committee discharged him so it's on the way to happening but it just hasn't happened yet so maybe by the end of next week there will be that ig in place
1: Lots to watch out for in the next couple of weeks here. Lauren Duggan is Editorial Director of Bloomberg Government. As always, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.